Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you're listening, you're having a wonderful start to your Wednesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button, and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And speaking of wherever you are and wherever you're listening, it probably didn't matter where you were last night. You may have heard a a, a loud, figurative, but loud sigh of relief from Braves country, and there were multiple reasons why that occurred on Tuesday night. Another wild Tuesday night when it came to Braves baseball. We've seen a few of those this year, some good, some bad, but this one thankfully wound up with a positive result. An 8-6 victory for the Braves ending, you know, what's been a pretty disappointing three-game losing streak. The Braves entered Tuesday having lost their last three games in which Bryce Elder, Charlie Morton, and Spencer Strider arguably had, you know, their worst stretch of consecutive starts in a row this season. Those three have been so critical to the Braves' success, offering steadiness and consistency to a starting staff and bullpen that has struggled with injuries all year long, but each of them struggled in their last start. So the Braves entered Tuesday night with Yanni Torinos on the mound, hopefully, hoping for a bit better pitching when it came to their starting rotation and the opportunity to win the game. Well, things certainly got started off on a positive note as Ronald Acuna Jr. connected with his 26th home run of the year, 448 feet, I believe, to straightaway center field into the bullpens in Pittsburgh, and the Braves went up one to nothing. It certainly seemed like the offense was going to get early, going early to get Torino some run support. But then, unfortunately, just as soon as the ball landed, it seemed, Yanni Torinos was running into trouble just like we had seen far too often over the past few days. Two straight walks and then a three-run home run allowed to Cabrian Hayes, and all of a sudden, the Pirates were up. 3-1. to one. Thankfully, Travis Darnot, who was getting the start at catcher, he was able to connect with a two-run double in the third inning to make the score 3-3. Three to three. But then after that, Torinos ran into struggles again. Three straight home runs allowed to the Pirates. Not back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, but a home run in the fourth, a home run in the uh, two home runs in the fifth. The Pirates scored three unanswered runs, and as Torinos exited the game in the fifth inning, the score was 6-3 to three in favor of the Pirates. But the Braves, as they've done many times over, many, many times over this year, right after they ran into struggles and were down 6-3, the Braves got right back to work in the top of the sixth inning. Orlando Arcia connected with a solo home run to make the score 6-4, and it looked like the Braves were trying to put together a big inning. But then, 
probably one of the scarier moments we've seen so far this year occurred. A 97-mile-per-hour fastball from Pirates reliever Colin Holderman hit Ronald Acuna Jr. what looked like right in the elbow. Thankfully, it hit the elbow guard, and after the game, Brian Snicker confirmed that Acuna had said the ball kind of hit the elbow guard first and then wound up making contact with his elbow. It wound up getting in the crease between the elbow guard and the elbow, and it seemed like Ronald was in some immediate discomfort. He was immediately removed for the game. Forrest Wall entered as a replacement, and so there were a few hours there where the you know the Braves and them, themselves and the Braves Nation certainly were holding their breaths, but thankfully, the reports after the game, x-rays were negative. It didn't seem like there were any lingering effects. The Braves will see how Ronald Acuna Jr. feels in the morning, but there's a good chance that he could be in the lineup as soon as Wednesday's game. After Ronald Acuna exited the game, the Braves were able to get another run back on a bases loaded walk to Matt Olson, And then it seemed like that it may be another, you know, setup like it was Monday night where the Braves came back furiously, but just could not get the job done. But thankfully in the top of the ninth inning against all-star closer David Bednar, the Braves were able to break through. A game-tying RBI single from Kevin Pillar, as well as another huge hit for Orlando Arcia. I cannot stress enough whether it's a moment of the game where the Braves need to come back, it's a moment of the game where the Braves need to extend the lead, a late moment in the game where the Braves needed a big hit, Orlando Arcia has come up big time after time, really over the past two years in those situations for the Braves, and he did it again on Tuesday with another three RBI game in a game that was really, really needed for the Braves to win. Orlando Arcia stood out as probably the biggest contributor offensively. His two-run hit made the score 8-6, to six, and after a bit of a dramatic ninth inning, Rysel Iglesias was able to close the door, and the Braves won. 8-6. to six. Of course, the best news of all, despite the win, is that Ronald Acuna Jr., there doesn't seem to be any real concern of anything serious when it comes to him being hit by the pitch. The other news that will certainly be interesting to watch is what happens with Yanni Torinos. After he struggled on Tuesday, it certainly seems that his days could be numbered in a Braves uniform. But on the surface, you actually have to acknowledge the fact that you know the most important line from Yanni Torinos' pitching line on Tuesday night was the fact that he went five innings. The bullpen had been used quite a bit over the past three, uh, uh, several days, and so Yanni Torinos going five innings was no small feat despite his struggles. And the Braves are also 3-0 and when he starts. Now, he has not been good at all when he's made those starts, but the Braves have been able to get the job done. He's kept the Braves in the game when he's been pitching, and at the end of the day, that's really all that you need out of your fifth starter spot. So please don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating for him to continue to be the fifth starter. I think that those innings could be more valuable for higher upside arms that the Braves currently have in the minor leagues going forward, but it'll be interesting to see if the Braves give Torinos another start at some point this weekend. I also want to stress just how impressive the Braves' bullpen was when it entered the game. I know in the second half of the season, we're talking about the starting staff struggling over the past three days, but it's been the entire Braves pitching staff that's overall struggled for much of the second half, and the bullpen has had their struggles as well. But again, I stress that a lot of times the sources of those struggles for the bullpen have been for, from sources that are no longer with the Braves' pen. They were not meant, these sources that have given up a lot of the runs that the bullpen has given up for the Braves, they came from arms that just were not going to be with the Braves long term. 
the arms that the Braves were going to continue to rely upon have been very good since the start of the second half of the season, and that's exactly what they were on Tuesday night. Joe Jimenez, Brad Hand, Kirby Yates, as well as Rysel Iglesias, four innings pitch from those four relievers. Two hits allowed, two walks allowed, six combined strikeouts, no earned runs. So again, the Braves bullpen, I mentioned it on yesterday's Daily Hammer, I'm confident and would stack the Braves bullpen against anybody in the majors. And it's because when it comes to the arms that the Braves are going to continue to rely upon, many of them are having their best stretches of the season right now. And in games like this, it's very important because that's what allowed the Braves to come back and be able to get the win. But though this game did not include a power display or, or two or more RBI hits, for Matt Olson, like we've seen many times in recent weeks. He did continue to make history with his performance on Tuesday, and when you broaden the scope a bit to see just how productive Matt Olson has been over the past six weeks, it's really eye-opening the company that he has now joined with one of the hottest streaks that we've ever seen from a Braves player. A few important news and notes from elsewhere in the Braves organization on Tuesday, despite, you know, the wildness, but also the craziness, the wildness, but the positive results that occurred for the Braves themselves in Pittsburgh. Dylan, Dylan Lee was able to make his second rehab appearance as he's working his way back to the Major League bullpen since he went on the IL with shoulder, you know, soreness himself. He was able to work a second successful inning in his rehab assignment so we could actually see him at some point in time on this road trip. I think the Braves do take it a bit of time with how good the bullpen's been doing as of late, but if they could use a fresh arm, Dylan Lee could potentially be the move in the next few days as he's looked good in his rehab assignment and hopefully he'll have good health moving forward. It also is important to note that the 2023 first round pick of the Braves, Hurston Waldrop, was promoted after only one start. His debut in the minor leagues, he was promoted to the Rome Braves on Tuesday, so that's where he'll be making his next professional start in the Braves organization. But speaking of the Braves organization this season, I, I think that it would be hard for anyone to deny that the two most impressive sources of production so far this year for the Braves has been both Ronald Acuna Jr. and Matt Olson, two players who truly are putting together historically productive campaigns. That's no exaggeration. That's not me being dramatic. The numbers speak for themselves just how truly historic both Matt Olson and Ronald Acuna Jr. have been this year. You know, in recent days, there's been conversation about the fact that, you know, especially with the Dodgers playing such good baseball, that both Freddie Freeman and, and, and uh, Mookie Betts could be pushing Ronald Acuna Jr. for the National League MVP. They could be making the race closer than many would anticipate it would be. But I still think that when you look at the fact that Ronald Acuna Jr., in terms of production at the actual plate, is doing just as much, if not more, than Freeman and Mookie Betts, then you add in how historic Ronald Acuna Jr. has been in terms of home runs and stolen bases this season. He's truly on pace to do something we've not seen before. Those two factors, the fact that Ronald Acuna Jr. has been just as productive as the plate as, Freeman's in, as Freeman and Betts, plus the fact that he's doing something we've never seen before in MLB history, those two factors are what makes Ronald Acuna Jr. still the clear-cut favorite in the National League MVP conversation. But this is not a three-horse race. Matt Olson is firmly there 
with the other three players in this conversation because of how productive he's been this year, especially how productive he's been over the past six weeks. But on Tuesday night, before we get into just how insanely hot Matt Olson has been at the plate over the past six weeks, on Tuesday night, Matt Olson continued to make history once again. He drove in his 100th run of the season, and he did it in the 111th team game for the Braves so far this year. That ties the franchise record for the fewest amount of games in a single season that a Brave has needed to be able to reach 100 RBIs. The last time it was done was 1935 by Wally Barger, but Matt Olson tied the record for the fewest number of games in a single season to produce 100 RBIs. He did set a new franchise record in terms of him having an RBI in his 11th straight game. No Braves player has done that before. And in general, no Braves player. 39 home runs, 100 RBIs. Matt Olson leads the National League in both categories. No Braves player before has had that combination of home runs and RBIs through 111 team games. So Matt Olson clearly is on pace to have a truly historic season in terms of the Braves franchise. But it's what he's done over the past six weeks that has really propelled him to have this historic season, but not just in terms of the Braves. When you look at the past six weeks specifically for Olsen, you really start to open your eyes to just how truly special he's been in terms of MLB history. Entering Tuesday's game, in his previous 40 games, through Monday night, which would have been the 40th game, entering Tuesday, Matt Olsen in his previous 40 games had 20 home runs, 53 RBIs, and a 12.30 OPS. Again, over a 40-game stretch, 20 home runs, 53 RBIs, a 12.30 OPS. Matt Olson is the only player in Braves franchise history to have 20-plus home runs, 50-plus RBIs, and a 1,200 or better OPS over a 40-game stretch. No other Braves player has had that type of extremely elite offensive production over a 40-game period other than Matt Olson. Nobody else has. That's how special he's been over the past six weeks. But now let's broaden the scope to look at how often that's occurred in Major League history. Since 1960, there have only been 13 players over the past 60 plus years. There have only been 13 players on 15 different occurrences that have had 20 plus home runs, 50 plus RBIs, and a 1200 or better OPS over a 40 game span. It's only happened 15 times, courtesy of 13 different players over the past 60 plus years. That's how rare this offensive standard over a 40 game period is in Major League history. But let's look at the names that have done it. Again, these are the 13 players since 1960, along with Matt Olson, that have had 20 plus home runs, 50 plus RBIs, and a 1,200 or better OPS over a 40 game span. Yuli Gurriel, Christian Yelich, John Carlos Stanton, Troy Tulowitzki, Alex Rodriguez, Ryan Howard, Albert Pujols, Jim Tomey, Mark McGuire, Juan Gonzalez, Mo Vaughn, Jeff Bagwell, and Roger Maris in 1961. 
Those are the 13 players that over a 40-game span have done, over the past 60-plus years, those are the 13 players that have done over a 40-game span what Matt Olson did over the 40 games coming over his previous 40 games coming in to Tuesday night. It's not just, though, those 13 players doing it. Not just the names that are in that company, but in seven, but seven of those 13 players have had a 40-such game span in a year that they won the MVP. If you want to go before the 1960, you're talking about only Hall of Famers, really, that have done what Matt Olson has done over his previous 40 games. Players such as Babe Ruth, Hack Wilson, Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox, Joe DiMaggio, Hank Greenberg, Ralph Kiner. These are the names. These are the only names, but the level of names that Matt Olson has joined based off how hot he's been over his past 40 games entering last night's contest. That's how special he's been. And it also shows that that type of stretch of play typically is what will propel a player to being at the top of the MVP conversation, even winning the MVP on a frequent basis. But that just shines the spotlight back on Ronald Acuna Jr. and how special he's been. Even though Matt Olson has put together a six-week stretch of offensive production that has rarely been seen in Major League Baseball over the past 60-plus years, he still is significantly behind Ronald Acuna Jr. in the MVP race. And it shows just how special not only Matt Olson has been, but how incredibly historic Ronald Acuna Jr. has been this year. Without a doubt, you can make an argument for a few other combinations in the majors. I stand firmly behind the fact that the best offensive duo in baseball right now is Ronald Acuna Jr. and Matt Olson. And not only will the numbers back it up in terms of this season, but what else backs up how special they've been is how truly historic both are being so far this year. But despite all that history, the Braves certainly hope, number one, Ronald's in the lineup on Wednesday. If he needs a day, give it to him. So there's no lingering effects. But the main thing for the Braves, make sure Ronald's healthy. Matt Olson continuing to produce, you know, make that, you know, RBI streak go to 20, 25 games if if you need to. But all eyes of Braves country will be firmly focused on the mound in Pittsburgh on Wednesday when Max Reed returns to the mound for his second start since returning from the injured list. You couldn't have asked for a better start to a, for a better return to the mound for Max Reed than he had last Friday. Six innings pitched, eight strikeouts, zero earned runs, absolutely dominant. Just an incredible performance from him and a needed one for a brave staff that truly needed an infusion of someone of Freed's talent to really become stabilized, or at least we had hoped it would become stabilized. But there have been many times over the past several years where the Braves have had these two or three day stretches of playing, you know, pretty bad baseball. But Max Freed on so many occasions has been the stopper. He stopped the bad vibes, got positive momentum going again with an excellent performance on the mound. That's exactly what the Braves are hoping for on Wednesday. Opposing Max Reed will be rookie right-hander Quinn Priester, 2-1 on the season, an 8.69 ERA. There should be plenty of opportunities 
for the Braves to strike early and give some runs to Max Freed to work with to where he can settle in and just do his job. And if he can go six to seven innings, it not only will be a great opportunity for the Braves to get another winning streak going, but it will also be a nice reprieve for the bullpen once again because it could be a light day for them if Max Freed has success on the mound. And of course, we'll have you covered. Not only Max Freed, his production on the mound, what potentially could happen with, with Dylan Lee as well as Yanni Torinos and potential roster moves. You know, could there be others that could be, you know, moving different places within the organization? We'll have all that covered for you at batterypower.com, across the Battery Power Podcast Network, and at Battery Power SBN across all forms of social media. Make sure you check it all out. And until next time, go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer. 